What's up, creepy cats? We are back with a new episode. We're doing something a little different this week. Instead of one theme with two different stories, Jackie and I decided to each choose longer stories that can be told in two parts. So I'm sure you guys know there will be hella drama and a little death. First, Melissa will be telling Jackie about the lengthy and notorious crime spree committed by the Sumida family in Amagasaki, Japan. The crime spree was initiated and carried out by a 64-year-old grandmother, Mayoko Sumida, and involved at least eight other family members. Buckle up, because this story is insane. Welcome to a new week of You That's Creepy. We're back with another week. And I'm actually really excited for this week because Jackie and I decided that since our themes were kind of short the past couple weeks because Jackie was really busy and um, we just wanted to do some little quick summary stories. But because of that, we decided that this week and then next week we wanted to just do pretty in-depth stories and each of us choose one that could be like two parts yeah so i guess they don't really have overarching themes they're just long basically yeah (laughs) so i hope you guys like each of us kind of doing our own little thing for a week for a long story so i'm gonna start and jackie's gonna sit back and listen get right into it mel okay so The story that I chose, and let me just preface this with, this was a really difficult story to research and a really difficult story to put together in a podcast, but it was one of those that once I started, I was too far in and I couldn't stop myself. You were hooked. Exactly. So this story, the reason why it's really difficult for me is because this story took place in Japan and all of the articles are basically on Murderpedia, which is just like Murderpedia took all of the articles they could find from Japan and just put them together. So the research is difficult because no one is like fact checking, no one's verifying it. And a lot of it kind of is conflicting and gets things confused. So if you guys like try and fact check me and find that something that I said in this episode is maybe different that's okay because I honestly do think that some articles get things confused because of how confusing the story is. So you'll see what I mean as we go on. So let me just start with this story is going to be called basically in Japan, they call it the Piranha family and it's centered around Mayoko Samita. So I'll just start with this happened somewhat recently In, well, on October 30th, 2012, a metal drum was removed from a harbor in Bison, Okayama Prefecture in Japan. The drum was filled with concrete and contained the body of a 53-year-old man. A year prior to that discovery of the drum in the harbor, there was also a metal drum in a warehouse that was found in 2011 in the same sort of area 
And that was also a metal drum that was filled with concrete and contained the body of a 66-year-old woman. So police are clearly like, okay, these two things are connected because what are the odds that they're going to be two, like, separate cases of a metal drum filled with concrete and a body found in it within a year? So a lot of the story takes place in a town called Amagasaki. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And that is where the first metal drum was found in the warehouse. And so police are starting their investigation in that area. And I'll just say that this town was once um, kind of notorious for having really bad air pollution. But that was reduced drastically in the 2000s. But because of that previous pollution, I read in an article that a survey of people of Japan said that they viewed Amagasaki as dirty or unsafe. And so it was kind of like an industrial town. So it kind of makes sense that there was a warehouse um, where the body was found. But so that is where a lot of this episode will take place. So let's just dive right into it because the reason that police kind of first decide to connect the pieces of these metal drums, well, like, you know, connect the dots, is because they receive a tip shortly after the first metal drum was found, and someone says that they thought they should look into this woman called Mayoko Samita because she lived in Amagasaki where the warehouse was, and they, the person remains anonymous, but they basically told police that there was, like, multiple people that were hanging around this Mayoko Sumida woman and they are now going missing. Dun 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 dun. But they only think that because she works in the warehouse. She doesn't work in the warehouse. It's just that she lived somewhat close to where the warehouse was and people were like, okay, I've or whoever this caller was, they said that there was like ten people that they knew that she had been associated with that have gone missing. Oh. I guess that's a good amount of people. Yeah, so they basically thought they, this anonymous caller were, like, putting two and two together and were like, I know this woman who all of her acquaintances are going missing and she lives by that warehouse. So it seemed like that's kind of where police started this investigation. So let's get into Mayoko Samita, what I could find about her. So, Mayoko spent the majority of her life living in that town, Amagasaki. She attended high school there when she was a teen and later dropped out. After leaving high school, Mayoko decided to open a bar that hired women to entertain. I don't really know what that means, honestly, because I'm not really too familiar with what a bar in Japan would be similar to what it would be in America, but that was what she did. At age 23, it was reported that um, Mayoko got married, but by age 25, she was divorced. And I read in one article that she was a snack establishment operator. Again, I'm not 100% positive what that means. I'm assuming she owns, like, a little snack store. Yeah, like a snack shop. Mm Mm-hmm. But although there's not much known about Mayoko's life and about her as a person... The one thing that people know about her personality is that she loved expensive things and luxurious items. She's bougie. Exactly. A neighbor 
once told reporters that Mayoko would show off jewelry and claim that it was worth over 200 million yen. Okay. Which is $2.5 million. Then why would you have it? <laughs> yeah, and you're just showing it off to a neighbor. Mayoka was really close to her family. Her life basically revolved around her relationships with her family and her family members. She was especially close to her younger sister named Mako. So it's Mayoko and then Mako. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Or Mayiko. Probably Mayiko. I read in some reports that Maiko was Mayoko's sister by marriage and not by blood. So, honestly, like, I could not confirm if they are sisters if or if Maiko was Mayoko's sister-in-law. But either way, because it was reported both ways in the article I was reading. So, either way, she was close to her sister or possibly her sister-in-law named Maiko. Okay. So, Mayoko also was really close to her, her older brother and um, some other people in her family. In 2000, a condo in Amagasaki was purchased by Maiko Samita and her husband. So, um, Maiko, her husband was listed, but it was weird because when they applied for a loan, um, they had to apply on a loan for... 29.8 million yen to buy this condo. So it was very expensive, but Miko's eldest brother's wife was one of the guarantors listed on the loan application. Hmm. So it was just kind of weird that, like, in hindsight, they were listing someone that wasn't just one of them or, like, someone that wasn't really close to them. It was... Miko's eldest brother's wife, which was just odd that that was going to be someone listed off as a guarantor on this loan for 29.8 million yen. Yeah. Kind of fishy. So either way, the sister-in-law signs off on the paperwork and Miko was able to buy the condo. The sister-in-law that signed off on the paperwork, her name was Mitsu Ando. So I'm not really sure what the family dynamic was or what the intention was of buying this condo, but basically when they bought it, Miko, it, her and her husband, it basically just became Mayoko's house. Like everyone kind of assumed it was Mayoko's condo. And so I don't really know if that was the intention or if Mayoko kind of just like got there and manipulated and maneuvered her way into being the condo owner or what. But that's kind of what is going on. Uh, either way, the buying of this eighth floor condo, Mayoko was starting to ease into this more luxurious life for herself and her family. Meanwhile, she is not on the loan or one of the guarantors of the loan or anything like that. So it was kind of like, hmm, okay. But she's moving into the condo. This condo was the top floor of a building with 75 square meters of floor space. And there was a veranda and a patio. So it was a pretty nice condo. Okay. And neighbors basically said, too, that the condo was, like, getting renovated and things like that frequently. So she was always adding to it. Okay. I mean, this doesn't sound like anything too out of the ordinary. Just, like, a woman who maybe is manipulating people for a nice condo. Yeah, it doesn't sound so bad yet. 
One man um, even said that the condo was looked like a VIP room at a bar because it was dimly lit and so luxurious looking. And he also said that Mayoko once told him that a display case inside the condo shelved valuables worth 200 million yen. But, and I'm sure I can hear you guys saying, too, where is Mayoko getting this money from? Let's get into that, because that is, like, the, this is really where things get going. And I know that's why you guys are like, okay, well, who cares about the damn condo? But I needed to tell you guys about it, because this is a very expensive condo, and Mayoko's just living there, but we don't have any records of her working at the moment. So, this is where things, like, really get weird. Um... Mayoko Samita is basically living in this condo with uh, Maiko, her sister slash sister-in-law. Could be either. And so she meets this other family and it said that they just lived kind of close by. And um, I cannot find like just confirmed their last names or anything like that. So, I'm just going to refer to this family as Family X because I cannot find the parents' names. But anyway, so Mayoko is living in this condo and there's this family. They have two sons and two daughters who are both grown adults. So, they have four children total. And Family X meets Mayoko because... Mayoko had a common-law husband who was childhood friends with Family X's son. So, Mayoko becomes friends with him. And for one reason or another, Mayoko convinces him, her husband's friend, to quit his job and move into their condo in 2002. That's weird. So, he decides to do that, even though he was still living at home with his family and, like, comfortably. But, okay, he quits his job and moves into this condo. And we're not exactly sure what Mayoko said to convince him to do that. But he does. And then, however, by 2003, that son from Family X is reported missing. And Mayoko claims that she has no idea really what happened to him. What's even stranger is that within weeks, like one week of him going missing, the other son from Family X then moves into Mayoko's condo. Why... I would think that there was something up with that and not move in, but okay. Yeah. And Mayoko somehow convinces the younger son, a family ex, um, to start giving her the pension payments from her brother's, from his brother's death. So basically Mayoko convinces him to move in, then he moves in and she's like, well, actually because your older brother, uh, left and no one can find him and we don't know where he is, he's missing. You should be paying us for uh, his keep, basically. Okay. Don't know who would ever believe that. Well, she, yeah, he kind of, she's manipulating them. And so he decides to do that. And he's now using his older brother's pension payments as a means to just pay Mayoko off. So now Mayoko is claiming the eldest son of Family X's pension. And the younger son is also giving her Basically all of his money, because now she's saying that he has to pay living expenses for living at the condo. So she's just, like, making money off all these people and not even working and just living in this condo that she's not paying for. But, okay. And at the same time of all of this going on, 
the mother of family X, who is now in her 80s, is just left living alone because her sons have left her. And um, shortly after the eldest son disappears, the mother also disappears from the home that she lived in. So that one is weird because she didn't even go and live in Mayoko's condo or anything. She just disappeared from her home. So that was in 2002 was the last time that anyone confirmed they saw the mother of that family. Seems like there's a common thread here and it's Mayoko. (laughs) Yes. So, um, the younger son, he stayed at Mayoko's condo for a little bit, whether by choice uh, or by force. We'll talk about that later, but he did end up staying at Mayoko Sumito's condo. In 2007, the daughter of one of Family X's children marries Mayoko's son. So her name is Rui, and she was pretty close to Mayoko. So now Mayoko has a granddaughter in this girl, Rui, who was um, one of... She was also in this Family X, which Mayoko basically like broke apart, and now takes another one. So now in 2007, Family X is officially tied to the Samita family through the marriage of granddaughter Rui and Mayoko's one son. So even though they're not blood, Mayoko and this granddaughter-in-law, Rui, they really become close. So they are like super, super close after this marriage. Um, so in 2005, something suspect also happens. In 2005, Mayoko and their whole family, Mayoko, her sister-in-law, Miko, and their families all met up in Okinawa. And they were going to meet up like on this cliffside and take this really pretty family photo because it was like this little reunion and there was a good amount of family on each side. And so they're posing in front of this cliff with this beautiful nature scene in the background. And for whatever reason, um, no one's a hundred percent sure, but when the family was posing and getting ready for the photo, Miko's husband apparently fell from the side of the cliff and was killed. No, I was going to say, is someone going to fall? Someone did girl. Wow. So Miko receives 10 million yen. From the death of her husband. In the month after the insurance payout, Miko paid off the remaining loan amount from the condo that they owed. That's a lot of yen. Yeah. So it's like, at first, you know, it wasn't something super suspicious where people could point that out, but it is like literally the same month that Miko gets this payment from her husband's death. She pays off the condo that her and uh, sister-in-law, Mayoko, are just, like, commandeering. And it's just, like, kind of a sus death. I know. They go up on this uh, cliffside and, yeah. So, that was in 2005, and um, I believe it was, like, by 2006 or however long, Miko paid off their remaining loans uh, for the condo. However, by 2008, two back-to-back mortgages were taken out on the condo in the amount of 37 million yen. 
So it's like they're getting this money, they're just spending it, and then it's like, you know, within two to three years of getting all of that money and paying off the condo, they had to take two back-to-back mortgages out just to keep paying on it. Is the condo worth it? I don't know, girl. So now let's really get into things because this is where, you know, we'll put some of the pieces together. It's difficult. The story, I understand, is all over the freaking place. And that's because all of the articles are all over the place. So I'm trying to just piece all the things together. Um, so that was, like I said, that happened in 2005, 2008. They're taking out these back-to-back mortgages and then things are pretty quiet, uh, that we know of from those times, but in 2011, we'll bring it back to the start, police receive a tip that a 66-year-old woman named Kazuko, I can't pronounce her last name, so I will just leave it listed, had been missing for a few weeks, Um, and Kazuko was a 66-year-old woman, so it was kind of, you know, odd that she would be missing she was actually living in a condo that was next to the Samita condo. Mm. Kazuko had become acquaintances with Mayoko Samita when they were neighbors. So I'm sure you guys can guess where this is going. Awkward laughter. <laughs> Kazuko's body was discovered in November 2011, encased in concrete inside a metal drum that was stored in a warehouse in Amagasaki City. The metal drums are back. I know. It's crazy. It's not clear. Where are people even getting these metal drums? I was just going to say that. Like, okay. It's not clear whether police received a tip about the metal drum mysteriously appearing in this warehouse. Like, that's the one thing about what is difficult with these articles trying to read them when they're all from Japan just translated is that... It's like, how did you know that this metal drum was in this warehouse? Did someone just find the metal drum and report it? Yeah. Were they looking for Kazuko and they specifically knew to look in this warehouse? I'm not sure, but either way, someone found this metal drum in 2011 and Kazuko was inside. So, Mayoko and her followers, which included uh, Kazuko's two daughters and one of their ex-husbands, were arrested shortly after Kazuka's body was found. And so, again, this is another another thing that's difficult, is I don't... I, I know that from what I could read that police did, like I said at the beginning, receive an anonymous tip that numerous people who were at the Mayoko condo had gone missing. But I don't know how police had enough evidence to just arrest Mayoko for Kazuka's disappearance or for finding the her in the metal drum I think they just honestly had that one tip and that was like all they needed so they arrested her on that so Mayoko and her followers like I said are arrested and whenever they are arrested um they kind of give up information pretty fast Mayoko doesn't but the other two do so like I said it's Mayoko and then Kazuko the victim her two daughters and one of their ex-husbands are arrested. And one of them admits to police that they apparently held Kazuko ha- captive on the back porch of Mayoko Sumida's condo. So they handcuffed her to the back porch. They starved Kazuko and let her be dehydrated for days. Mayoko and Kazuko's 
two daughters routinely beat Kazuko by punching her and kicking her in the head. Her own daughters? Yes. So, like, let me point out, I hate to say this, this is a disturbing, disgusting trend in this story that Mayoko forces people or, like, encourages them to abuse their own family members. Yeah, that is messed up. It's... I just don't even understand what she has over these people that they're listening to her. This one especially, because the other ones we'll get into, unfortunately, because there are quite a few. This one of all of them, I don't understand because this is just someone she met in the condo. I don't know how she talked these two daughters into doing this to their own mother, but somehow... They did, and they, like I said, handcuffed their own mother and beat her on the porch of this condo, and they just starved her. And I also don't understand how no one heard that. I don't know how no one's hearing it, but they did say that the condo, like, there was a back porch, but she fenced it in so that no one could see, and then there was a shed inside that part. Hmm. Okay. So, like, she was really preparing for this, it seems like. But you do make a great point. I am not sure how no one didn't hear. But anyway, so that's sadly what happened to Kazuko. And once she passed away from her injuries, which it is not sure if she died of starvation or if it was beatings or if it was both that killed her, which is just horrible. Yeah, I was going to say that's awful. But following her death, Mayoko, one of her brothers... The two daughters of Kazuko and one of their ex-husbands decided that the best course of action would be to put Kazuko in a metal drum, then fill the drum with concrete and discard of it. So that was what they did with Kazuko. And um, like I said before, once her body was eventually found, Mayoko and their little crew were charged with injuries that eventually led to Kazuko's death. Um, I believe the ex-husband of Kazuko's daughter was also charged with discarding the body. I don't know if he was charged with, like, the murder, which is even more messed up, was that it was just Mayoko and the daughters. Like, just something about that is truly so disturbing that they meet this woman just living at the condo close to them, and somehow she's able to talk them into beating and starving their own mother to death. Yeah, that's messed up. It really is. It's so disgusting. And it's like, it's just so scary to think that someone could do that because it's like, what is she saying that's making you do that? Yeah. It's either for money or I, I mind control or something, but that's very sadly what happened to Kazuko. Now let's get into like, this is going to be the really, really big event that happened and this is when things are going to get even more confusing. So, like I said before, there is this family called Family X who Mayoko single-handedly broke apart and all of that. Um, following the finding of Kazuko in the metal drum, a year later, in mid-October of 2012, police finally, after like this year investigation of them putting the pieces together about Mayoko and what she had been doing... Um, through Kazuko's death, they want to then inv- investigate Family X and kind of what happened with that situation before. 
So, in mid-October of 2012, police finally go to the home of Family X after reports of them being missing. And at this point, the mother had not been seen since 2002. So, it's finally in 2012 that police are going to investigate the home. Good luck with that one. The Amagasaki home is now vacant because no one has been living there, obviously, for a very long time. When police go to the home and, you know, they go inside because they see that no one's there and they're going to investigate, they're shocked to discover not one, not two, but three decomposing bodies hidden under the floorboards. So they want, I wonder if it's like how much in-depth searching they were planning on doing or if they could just smell it. That is a great question, honestly. Uh, I think that they could probably smell it, and I think that, like, I would assume that they had to, like, looked in or something because, I don't know, but either way, they found these three bodies, and they said that they had been dead for at least a year, and probably longer than that. Ew. Mm-hmm. All of the bodies were emaciated and beaten prior to their, their deaths. That much had was clear. So, the three bodies were Mariko Nakashima, age 29, Takashi Tanimoto, age 68, and Mitsu Ando, age 71. So, Mariko Nakashima age 29 she was Rui Samita's sister and so Rui is Mayoko's granddaughter-in-law so Rui married Mayoko's son so like this is her sister is one of the people who's found in the floorboards and then Takashi Takashi Tanimoto the 68 year old man who was found in the floorboards is their uncle so the uncle of Rui and then Mitsu Ando, age 71, she's the wife of Mayoko Samita's brother. She was the one who was the guarantor on that loan they took out, like, ten freaking years ago. So just disposing of more family members. Yeah. And then also these two people, this um, sister and then the girl's uncle, these aren't even her actually actual family. These are family of family ex, like, this family she just tore apart so now that much of family x is found either dead or some of them are still missing police are finally putting this whole story together so what they come to find is this this is how it all went down mayoko had clearly she like broke up family x and it took numerous years she started with the eldest son who was friends with her husband and she attempted to manipulate him into paying her for living expenses. Because remember, she somehow convinced him to quit his job and move into the condo. The eldest son, he seemed to catch on to what Mayoko had up her sleeve. Because he did go missing shortly after. Mayoko then proceeded to manipulate the younger brother into getting the pension payments and other payments. I really do want to know, like, what did she say? I have no idea. I wish I knew. When Mayoko met Rui, the granddaughter of Family X, she developed a bond with Rui and seemed to actually 
care for her. Mayoka then started to try and convince Rui's parents to move out of their home and leave the home for Rui and her sister, Mariko. But obviously the parents are like, no, we're not going to do that. We don't even really know who you are. You're not even related to us. So the parents are kind of like, no, we're not going to do that. But what happened was Mayoko just slowly started to harass the parents in order to get what she wants, which is this point, she kind of just like wants Rui to do whatever she wants. Like, so starting in 2003, Mayoko and other members of the Samita family basically invaded the home of Rui and Mariko and their parents. From 2003, Mayoko and her crew are harassing this household, both verbally and then eventually physically. And again, what I is so crazy to me is that eventually the daughters, Rui and Mayoko, are convinced to turn on their parents and side with the Samita family. Rui's own uncle, the brother to her father, who they were abusing, somehow was brought into the ring. Um, so Rui and Mariko are forced to beat their parents, abuse their parents. The daughters are forced to basically starve and be involved with the dehydration of their parents as well as abusing them and just are put into this horrible situation by Mayoko. Um, so the parents, they're being starved and dehydrated. They're only getting enough food to survive, basically. In the end, the mother apparently died of an illness after being reduced to just skin and bone, barely surviving. The father was forced to borrow between 16 and 18 million yen from relatives and give it to Mayoko. How are these people not going to the police? I think just because they're so scared of her because she's, like, basically almost killing them, but, like, letting them live. But, like, she is going to kill you. I mean, I totally understand. I'm not really saying, like, how are they not going. It's just crazy. It's crazy how much control she had over entire families. Yeah. Like, that is crazy. So, yeah, the father is borrowing... 18 million yen from relatives to give to Mayoko for whatever, for her just basically telling him. When Mayoko and her family finally leave them alone, they take the daughters with them, they take Rui and Marika with them, and just leave the dad by himself. The mother had passed away from an unknown illness, so they say. And so, uh, yeah, Rui marries Mayoko's son in 2007. And so, Rui is, I'm sorry, her daughter-in-law now. Um, it's just freaking crazy that this is all happening. Once Mariko and Rui get to the Samita household, things do not really go as planned. I mean, are you, did you really expect say, them to? what even is the plan? <laughs> do they <laughs> even have a plan at this point? Do they just, like, living each day? That is such a good point. I truly don't know because, like, I... As horrible as it is, like, Ruby was married to someone in the family. I don't really know what the plan was for Mariko once she went. Maybe she kind of just wanted to protect her sister. I don't know. But uh, when they go to the Samita condo, it seemed that only Ruby was truly welcomed into the family. Surprise, surprise. 
Just, I'm assuming because she was married to Samita's son. It seemed like Mayoko was, like, actually really liked Rui from the start. So, I don't know. I, she probably just had Mariko come along for the ride to get Rui. Violence and verbal abuse began directed towards Mariko and her husband for whatever reason. It was reported that Mayoko was just angry and violent as a person. I mean, I'm sure you guys were kind of getting that picture already from the way that she's been treating people in this whole story. When Mayoko would get angry, she would basically say that the way to make up with her would be money. So she would, like, pick fights with people and act like she was angry and all pissed off at them and then say the only way to make it up to her would be for them to, like, pay her. Okay, so she's just a manipulator? Completely. So she starts getting money that way. It's crazy. And then she just turns her sights on Mariko now that Mariko's there and her and her husband... So she's becoming verbally abusive towards them, and it starts getting violent. Mariko and her husband realize that they're just in way over their heads with this Samita family in this whole condo with Mayoko. So in 2008, Mariko and her husband attempt to run away from Mayoko's condo in that whole thing. However, Mayoko and her followers were somehow able to find them and forcibly brought them back to the condo. The couple were then forced to stay in the shed on the fenced-in patio and given no water and just instant noodles every couple of days. They were repeatedly beaten by members of the Samina family. Mariko's own husband was even forced to beat her and partake in torturing her. Ew. Which, again, to me, like, that just adds so much of an extra level of, like, disgusting and disturbingness to this case that she's somehow manipulating families to turn on each other. Yeah. And help kill each other. So, it's so fucked up. Um, so Mariko's own husband is forced to beat her, and, um, it's, this is now, like, the third time confirmed that Mayoko has made someone turn on their family because she did it with Kazuko's daughters and then she did it with Rui and Mariko making them turn on their parents and now she just did it to Mariko's own husband. Mariko eventually died from starvation and injuries caused from her beatings and um, like I said before she was one of the bodies found in the floorboards in the home. It remains unclear why Mariko and Rui's uncle, Takashi Tanimoto, was killed and placed under the floorboards. No one has confirmed why he was killed or, like, really what happened. It is so clear that he also was handcuffed in the shed and starved to death like the others and beaten. Um, my guesses are that Mayoko and Rui and the rest of the Samita gang just, like, didn't really want to have more people that would be able to go to the police and tell on them. So, I think that's why they killed Takashi Tanimoto eventually. He was found beaten and bruised. His head and his legs had been beaten, and he also had been starved before his death. Again, police can't really confirm exactly if it was starvation or the beatings or both because... The bodies were already decomposed and things like that when they were found. Um, but sadly, that is what happened. That's like victim number five now. Yes, it is. 
as horrible as it is, it is uh, many victims, so. And yeah, no one really knows why Ruby and Mariko's uncle was killed, but because no one really knows why concrete anyone was killed because this whole story is just crazy. But the only assumption that we could make is that their uncle, uh, Takashi Tanimoto probably just knew too much because he had been involved and had seen, um, it's assumed that he had been involved in Mariko's death and also had seen the, his, the parents get tortured. So it's assumed that he just knew too much, and then Mayoko and the rest of her Samita crew just wanted to get rid of him, basically. So, now that an entire family has been divided and extorted by Mayoko, let's pause the story here. Unfortunately, there will be more deaths and more drama in part two, but let's just real really quick recap the story since it's so crazy and all over the place and there's like 10 people involved. (laughs) So first we have Mayoko Samita, the grandmother of the Samita family. Through manipulation of some sort, she was able to live in a condo owned by her brother-in-law. Following his untimely and suspicious death, Mayoko and her sister Miko take over the condo, living as luxuriously as possible. To keep up with the condo payments, Mayoko uses fear and manipulation to extort money from a neighbor named Kazuko. Once Kazuko is killed by Mayoko and her own daughters, unfortunately, Mayoko moves on to another family that she knew through her husband, Family X. She takes every penny that they have, basically, and even leaves with their two adult daughters, Rui and Mariko. Sadly, Mariko and her uncle Takashi are both tortured and murdered by Mayoko Sumida following them leaving the home of Family X. No one can confirm why she is doing this, but it is assumed that they were killed to collect their pension payments and prevent them from leaving and spilling information about the Samita family and what was going on at the Samita condo. So next episode, we will conclude with the remaining victims of Mayoko Samita and what happened to Mayoko once her crimes were finally discovered. So it will be a long ride, but stay tuned, you guys, because we have to find out what happens to Mayoko after she did all these horrible things and had about eight of her family members in on it. (sighs) Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) I hope you guys still like the story. I'm sorry that it's really, you know, depressing and confusing, but if you guys need any clarification, let us know, hit us up on Instagram. I will leave my links and in the links, I will have kind of just like a diagram of all the people involved and how they're related. So if you guys are confused, you can pull that up too. And thank you guys for listening. Stay safe. Please don't murder anyone for money and extort an entire family. (laughs) I love you guys. We love you so much. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast. Or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.